Alright, that's recording. How's everybody doing? Is this going to record? That's going to record. Alright. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Americana the American Way. This is Big John. And we're going to talk about prison ministries and uh, faith-based drug, alcohol, substance abuse rehabilitations. And maybe why they're uh, more successful than just locking people up. So let's get ready. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Secondly and third most, that was uh, a band. I think they're broke up now. They're retired, but that was uh, Third Day. Third Day is the name of that band. Uh, when I f first went back to church, uh, I guess I never stopped going, but when I first rediscovered my faith and I thought Christian music sucked, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to that band and that was uh, the song they had out at that time uh, third day your love O Lord uh, also known as Psalm 37 so I want to talk about prison ministries follow me on getter and Twitter at the real underscore big John I was watching a video with Michael Francis uh, one of the top one of the most highest earning mafia member of all time, so they say. Uh, and he was talking about uh, a family member, mafia family member of his that needed a, a compassionate release. But he also got into the reincarceration rates in America. And he mentioned how prison ministry helps people get out of jail and stay out of jail. So, there's all kinds of statistics online about uh, the jail incarceration rate in America. The total number of people in prison at in the United States at any one given time always hovers around 5 million. Uh, it is the highest uh, total in the world. Now, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for that. 
some countries you don't get a secondary chance you commit a crime you die uh, depending upon the crime uh, different things go on in different places alright we'll just put it that way uh, so this one search I came up with uh, at least 4.9 million people are arrested and booked in jail every year. At least one in four people who go to jail in a given year will return to jail over the course of a year. At least 428,000 people will go to jail more than three times over the course of a year. Um... Uh, the first national estimate of population often refers to this as frequent utilizers. Isn't that a lovely way of putting it? Uh, frequent util utilizers of the prison system. Not something to be proud of if you're an American. But we know that a lot of factors go into why people get incarcerated. Economics are, are the major ones. Everyone will say, you know, uh, race is the, the biggest uh, factor. But I, I feel that it's more the economic side of it. The fact that a lot of minorities live in impoverished conditions and have probably been conditioned by their surroundings to think that there's no other way that you know they see the guy down the street sells drugs he drives a Mercedes well if I sell drugs I'll get the cool car and the, the girls and things like that where somebody lives Let's just say, for example, Hollywood or Bel Air or Beverly Hills. As a kid, they're going to grow up seeing the businessman, the actor, the actress, driving the big car, having the fancy lifestyle. And they're going to aspire to be a businessman or an actor. And believe me, those people have their fair share of drug, alcohol, crime problems too, they can just afford uh, the big-time lawyers that can get them out of it, but I don't think people are locked up simply for being black. Alright, let's just get to the damn cut and chase of it. Now, uh, I've heard many, many a time over the years that rehabilitation prison ministries help get people out of jail and out of the self-destructive lifestyle so let's stop for a minute get race out of our heads get poverty out of our heads and look at how faith-based ministries uh, prison ministries, faith-based drug 
and alcohol rehabilitation help people stay drug free and stay out of prison. first article I came to, well, I had to do some digging and to do a lot of clicking through things, uh, but it's the group's mainly known as Teen Challenge USA, uh, teenchallengeusa.org. Uh, everyone I know that's ever gone there has been an adult, but uh the banner on the website says Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, the heading is Belief, Behavior, and Belonging. How Faith is Indispensable in Preventing and Recovering from Substance Abuse. Now, it's long been said, ever since I was a little kid in school, a lot of people turn to gangs, drugs, crime, because... They want acceptance, and a gang, a, a cartel, something like that gives them a sense of belonging. That's why people join gangs. Um, you don't hear as much about gangs anymore, but they're still out there. So, America is in the midst of a, an acute alcohol and drug addiction crisis. There are different camps in what constitutes most effective uh, recovery. Some are proposing medical, psychological resources as the first step in recovery. At Adult and Teen Challenge, we feel faith is necessary in sustaining a drug-free life. A personal relationship with Jesus is the answer. And... That's true in, in many ways, okay? When you get that sense of belonging, uh, as in belonging to a church, belonging to a group, or like I previously mentioned, belonging to a gang, you get the sense of family, of, of belonging to something. Uh, there's no better belonging, in my opinion, than the body of Christ. That's the church. The, I have a, a gnat flying in front of me. Uh, pardon me. The church um, being involved in something. You know, in high school, maybe you found it in uh, a club, chess club, glee club, a sports team. Those things, those all make us better people. It's proven fact. When you have people around you, as long as they're good people, <laughs> not druggies, not drug dealers, drug pushers, uh, not people pushing you to break the law, but when you're involved in a club, a student organization, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, uh, Girl Scouts, 
There used to be a, a like a below the Girl Scouts, there's a thing called brownies. I don't know if that was like, you know, when you go from Cub Scout to Boy Scout, you went from brownies to Girl Scouts. I don't know. But there's something called brownies. Uh, they had a lot of bake sales. Maybe it was like a literal thing. I don't know. Uh, join the brownies and learn to bake brownies, girls. I don't know. Anyhow, so you have these groups that you can join. And it gives you that sense of belonging, teamwork, leadership building, all those things. When Teen Challenge comes along, you go to one of their camps, you're away from your uh, bad influencers, your gang, your old thuggish, ruggish bone friends, and they teach you the Bible. They teach you how to study and read the Bible. Most importantly, you're away from the bad influences. You're around positive people. Uh, and I've seen this organization change lives. Now, this isn't a public service announcement or commercial for Teen Challenge. The point is being around positive people and Faith-based people can change your life, can change anyone's life. And, you know, George W. Bush put into uh, service faith-based organizations with tax exemptions and tax write-offs so that they could do more without raise more money. They could get more donations, they could get government grants, they could employ people uh, to do good deeds throughout the community, whether it's, you know, feeding the homeless, providing shelter for battered women, all these things. And being a faith-based organization seems to be very helpful. Uh, faith-based rehabilitations. I've got a friend who was a bad junkie himself. Uh, he started one of the most successful faith-based rehabilitation programs in the world right in East Liverpool, Ohio. Uh, there's a, a documentary about it on, I believe it's on Amazon. You can uh, rent it and download it and watch it over and over again. Uh, so this is, uh, there's a study here. In July 2019, Brian Grimm and Melissa Grimm released a paper on their study on faith in preventing and recovering from substance abuse. This is further confirmation of our stance that a faith-based component is essential to successful recovery. Graduates give three factors for maintaining sobriety, staying connected with God, family, and hanging out with positive people. Gee, I just said that, didn't I? 
So the study reviews voluminous empirical evidence on faith's contribution to preventing people from falling victim to substance abuse and helping them recover from it. Evidence-based studies have found that youths who are spiritually active participate in a faith community and invest in a prayerful relationship with their God are less likely to use or abuse drugs and alcohol. That's scientific research that backs this point up. Science. Remember we were all told trust the science? Well, there's science for you. Science, <laughs> science, pardon me, being a smart aleck. Science proves God works. <clears throat> Not to mention that you have a, a higher power you can fall to your knees to and ask for help. And there's no there's no saying that, you know, because you ask for help, money's just gonna fall down from heaven into your face. If not, I would have been a millionaire a long time ago. Because I have always asked for God, just make it rain $100 bills on me, please, Lord. <laughs> and he says, no, you got to go out and work for it, Big John. But through listening to Christian music, I'm about to read an article from Love. Dot com, which is a network of radio stations. Um, it can be relaxing. I know I listen to it a lot while I'm driving. Uh, I work for ride share services. I've had people ask me to change the station once or twice. I accommodate them. But it does help me relax because I'm a road rager. I'm a frustrated driver, okay? But proof, surveys, studies, research, prove that faith works. Um, one of the great Christian apologetics authors, C.S. Lewis, set out to prove that there was no God. And now... Uh, he's one of the best-known Christian authors of all time. So, very interesting. Who, what, when, where, why God will use people. Um, so, on klove.com, they have an article up. Uh, it's called Closer Look. Uh, jails to Jobs, Prison Fellowship, Remembers Those in Prison. Oh, hey, there's a nice picture I can use for my uh, thumbnail. Just looking for just that. So, prison ministries have be become popular 
over the years. Um, I know uh, my county jail has different pastors that go in there. And it, it does seem to help people. Ooh, hold on a second here. Wait, let's do this. Christ to, or wait. <laughs> what am I going to call this? From handcuffs to Christ. Okay. Good thinking, John. So, yeah, I have a few friends that are into the prison ministry thing. And, you know, they talk often about seeing... Uh, these men and women change their lives, give their lives to Christ, and never turn back. So, the Bible's book of Hebrews calls Christians to remember those in prison. Today, the United States has more than 2 million men and women uh, are behind bars, even more striking, two out of three prisoners, when they get out, will reoffend and go right back in. Why is uh, why is recidivism sorry why is recidivism so high? Christ-centered ministries like Prison Fellowship and Jail to Jobs Austin break into that hopeless, practical, and spiritual form. Break into that. So, hip-hop artist Lecrae partners with prison fellowships, performing concerts in select prisons, speaking and encouraging inmates to embrace a second chance at life. He has several relatives who have been in prison. Even my own father was incarcerated. Some of my closest uncles as well, Lecrae says. Uh, remembering, he remembers visiting them. It, uh, it becoming kind of normal to walk that yellow line as a little kid and see those gates close behind you. He was traumatized. You have to imagine that people you love are behind those walls. How are they being treated? Probably not well. Uh, citing imperfect biblical leaders like Moses, King David, the artist commits himself to raising awareness of all people serving sentences. Well deserved or not, Jesus wouldn't see them as what they've done he'd see them as what he can do through them i think it's or pardon me i think that's how we should all see them as well so he's saying that you know don't don't judge the sinner by their sin don't judge somebody by their mistakes jesus sat down with criminals prostitutes tax collectors all the people that society did not like and he took them in and he changed their lives that's in the bible that's scripture right there 
we should be doing the same thing. And over and over again, it's been proven, when you put these men and women in good company with good people, and they can see their, their lives. And some of them, you know, they've been so beat down, some of these men and women that are in prison, they're always gonna look for the negative, always look for the negative. Always look for the, the Christian as a hypocrite, the pastor as a hypocrite. Uh, I know I was helping a young lady, no strings attached, cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, all that crap. And, you know, she kept messing up. And I had to, you know, kick her out and be like, look. And I was letting her stay at my house. Letting her live in one of my spare bedrooms. Nothing in return. Um, and I caught her stealing from me. And, you know, she lambasted me about, you know, you, you speak the word, but you don't live the word. You talk about being a Christian, and she threw it all back in my face. That's going to happen. But, you know, she was probably abused as a child. She has her demons. She has psychological problems. But I hope and pray for her every night. I, cannot, I could not help her. But if there were other females who would help her keep her on the straight and narrow. She wouldn't be back in jail right now. If she were in a prison ministry and good women of faith were working with her, I'm sure she could turn her life around. She's only 28 years old or something. Plenty of life ahead of her. Um, that's an example I know from my personal experience. And, you know... The person who needs help, who needs the prison ministry, has to be willing to open up and let God into their heart. Yeah, I might have walked into churches when I was going through my dark periods. I was never a drug addict or alcoholic, but I may have went into church during times in my life where I had given up on God. Because I just, I, I saw all the bad people getting all the good things I dreamed of. Walking into a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than walking into a garage makes you a car. I had to get on my knees and talk to God again when I was 23, uh, just like I did when I was, you know, somewhere between five and eight years old the first time I accepted Jesus I had to be reborn so the the people in prison have to want to turn their lives around they have to want to throw away their self-defeating uh, attitudes I have a friend of mine guy friend that is an alcoholic and a liar he's not a thief not a con artist uh, but he's an alcoholic and he tells some tales and uh, he has mental illness. But, you know, we were going to set him up and send him off to adult and teen challenge to get his life together. He came up with an excuse not to go. 
uh, swore to me some judge brought him back from Teen Challenge because he was $20 behind on his child support or some crazy story. I think he just wimped out and decided, ah, I don't want to go to that. And his self-defeating attitude got the better of him. But the, the inmates, the people that want to change their lives, can get involved in those things. And as Christians, we have to stay strong and be there for those people when they're ready to change their lives. We can't give up on them. We don't have to let them drag us down. We don't have to continually be used uh, and taken advantage of by people because ultimately God says it's up to them. You know, he will call them when it's their time. Uh, and he will accept them back when they decide to, they want to be accepted by God. So, uh, just a little proof positive, though. I mean, research shows that people with faith-based drug and alcohol rehabilitation have a higher success rate. Uh, the relapse rate with faith-based ministries is like in the single digits where the, the relapse rate of secular uh, prison and rehabilitation is like 50% or higher. Uh, you know, I've just read, you know, two out of three uh, people that go into jail will end up back in jail. That's 66%, right? So, I hope it is, <laughs> but it's a high percentage. Uh, the first survey I said, 25 people that are incarcerated this year will be incarcerated again later this year. So they start with small crimes and they build up and build up into bigger and bigger crimes. So it's time to rethink the way we look at incarceration it's time for the prisons and the government to lighten up and let faith-based Christian ministries into prison. It certainly will not hurt. All right. So God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Till next time, God bless you. And your justice flows like the and I will lift my hands to worship you, my King. And I will find my high strength in the shadow of your wings. Your Yeah.